Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. Please stay tuned at the end of this message to hear a discussion about our new premium subscription and an update on all that we're doing here at VBPH. Thanks, guys. All right. Hey, man, let me just get myself together. Man, they've been asking me all day, are you you nervous? Are you nervous? I wasn't. (laughs) But right during song service, everything started failing. My bladder, my stomach, my, my throat. Oh, man. All right. Uh, my dad started, uh, it's funny, my dad started acting like Pharaoh ever since we got announced. Uh, he, he's, been, he's been making comments like, you and Caleb, go serve your God, but leave your children behind. But he said, no. We can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So before I move on to my sermon uh, that I want to preach tonight, uh, I do want to thank everyone who has made this possible for me and my wife, my family, to be able to go out. Uh, the people that, I mean, people that helped me the most, my closest friends, my family, uh, of course, Pastor Campbell, uh, you have not only inspired me uh, to continue to pursue, pursue the calling uh, but you've always been there for us. You've always helped us through things. Always, we're always available uh, for any type of advice. Always, you know, called us, cared for us. Uh, and I do thank you for that, for your love, your support over the years, you and Miss Connie. Um, I, I want to thank my parents for their love, their support. Ah, uh, man. They have been a very great example for us. They, they've always taught us to, you know, always sacrifice for God, never, never worry about tomorrow, because God always, He's got you guys, He's, 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 uh, He's always come through for us, and I, and we've been able to see that in, in their lives, you know, going into Dominican Republic, and coming back, and also being in, in, in Mexicali, as you guys know, uh, you know, being there, and then coming here, and always, uh, you guys have always embraced them, always with open arms, them, us, and, uh, and, and just them following them in their footsteps. My dad, you know, my first pastor, my, one of my, my biggest uh, examples in life. Uh, he's taught me a lot of things, uh, you know, until I was 18 years old and I moved here. And from 18 up, now it's been Pastor Campbell. And, and both of them, the two greatest men in my life. And they've, they've taught me a lot of everything that has to do with discipleship responsibilities, how to be a man, uh, you know, how to be a husband, a father, and, and uh, want to thank you for that. Um, and as you guys know, uh, Noah's going to get to be a pastor because of you guys. <laughs> so he's going to 
is going to get to go out and uh, experience that as well with us. Uh, I do want to thank also Pete and Cynthia White. Uh, early on, when, my, when me and my wife first got married and, and we moved here, or, or we were here, uh, I was 18. If you guys don't know, I was 18. She was 17 when we got married. Um, and, and we just wanted to do what our parents did. We wanted to go out and, and preach the gospel. And so uh, uh, Mr. Pete and Cynthia White, they, um, they kind of uh, talked to Pastor Campbell about us. They said, let us, you know, take them into the ministry with us. And, and, and so we got involved with uh, Crossfire. So it was pretty much um, teenagers teaching teenagers. I mean, we were, we were really, really young. Um, but I appreciate you know, everything they did, everything they taught us, um, their love, their support as well, and just encouraging us. Um, obviously, you know, my family, my grandparents, my, you know, my aunts, uncles and stuff, uh, they've always been there for us. Um, uh, real quick, also, um, Jason and Shannon, Craig and Etta, Whitney, Edgar and Edith, oh man, Gustavo, Elijah, and Jessica. And like I said, my family. But these people have, oh man, sorry. They've been there for us. I mean, they, uh, they're really tough times. And it really helped us. And thank you guys for that. <laughs> <clears throat> I was just nervous. I wasn't wanting to cry. <laughs> uh, to the rest of the staff, um, Pastor Tozer, you know, Pastor Bobby Hedegaard, uh, Pastor Williams, uh, them, all of them here, you know, they helped us. And, um, you know, again, always had a listening ear, always available for us. Uh, so thank you as well. Also, uh, you know, last but not least, Pastor James in Christine, um, uh, you guys, thank you very much for for raising a a strong daughter. Because now I know I, that I can I can take her, and uh, and she's not gonna break on me somewhere over there. So you know when things get tough, and so thank you for that. Um, and thank all of you, all of you, everybody here, all the saints, everybody. You guys have always, in one way or another, helped us. I mean, everybody in this church, I, I can probably say, I can honestly say everybody in this church has either said, you know, a words of encouragement, you guys have helped out, you know, even sometimes with like a little side job or something where I needed money, you know, when I was young, and um, you guys have always, everybody has, has, has done something for us, and I want to thank you guys for your love, your patience, uh, and just, just helping us through. Uh, to be able to to go um, children's church and the nursery, you know, for helping out with my twins and with Noah. Um, actually, something funny. Uh, Junior Baldwin was telling me I went to go pick up Noah. Junior Baldwin, he told me, he said, hey, uh, so every week we have a, a memory verse. Well, I think it's like every month or whatever. Uh, they have a memory verse and they have the kids try to memorize it. And so... They said, so we, you know, we, we're wanting to see what kids have memorized the, the memory verse. So we asked, you know, who would, who would like to say the memory verse, you know, who. So Noah raised his hand. 
And he goes, okay, Noah, come up. So Noah goes up and he goes, all right, Noah, what's the memory verse for the month? And he goes, my dad spanks me. <laughs> and so they took the mic. They said, no, 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 no. You just did. <laughs> Go sit down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you guys for everything you guys have taught them. You know, in Children's Church, uh, I know you guys teach them about the Bible. You guys probably go crazy with all the kids in there and trying to teach them, trying to sing to them, all kinds of, of things. But it works. It really does work. It sticks with the kids up until their adult years. I mean, I, I'm looking at the church, and I see a bunch of people that I, I met when my parents first moved here, and we were little kids in, in nursery, children's church. And, and, I mean, I remember still, I mean, the rules, the, the songs, everything that we did. Um, so it, it really does help. Uh, so if you do Children's Church, uh, your work is not in vain. I want to tell you that. All right, so I want to I get into my sermon. Uh, I want to preach a sermon that I've entitled, The Next Generation. And tonight, the sermon that I want to preach is, is about, Joseph, about Joseph and how he was able to reach destiny. Uh, in God, but I also want to look at a forgotten generation and how they weren't equipped for their future. And I'll be kind of hopping back and forth. Uh, I have a lot of scriptures, uh, but just let me set my time that way. It starts now, actually. (laughs) All right, so starting in Genesis 37, 1 to 11. (coughs) Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed the land of Canaan. This is an account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of of Bilah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they wanted him, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf, my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more. Because of his dream and what he, he had said. Then he had another dream and, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And, his, and this time the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the, the matter in mind. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. Tonight, God, I pray, God, that your word would speak louder than I. God, I pray, God, that you would bring conviction. God, I pray, God, that you would help us leave this place changed. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Firstly, I want to speak about dreams, visions, and a future. How many know when we get saved, God begins to deposit hope and dreams for our lives? He begins to deposit desires to read the Bible, to pray. He begins to deposit revelation. And we can't help but talk to people about it all about our new life, about what God can do through our lives. See, God began to reveal things to Joseph. He began to prepare him for the future, and Joseph was so excited that he ran and told his brothers about it. 
It's surprising how the will of God is so clear when we first get saved. When we are sold out for God, when we fall in love with God. But how many know that over time, not only do we get discouraged, but trials also, also come. We see in the story, instead of Joseph's brothers encouraging him and being happy for him, they began to envy him. They began to hate him even more. They found a way to get rid of him. I mean, they tried to kill him. How many times have we seen this, seen this happen in our lives, or maybe we do it to others? Who does he think he is? He just got saved, and he's already talking about being the next assistant, <laughs> the next door director. Doesn't he know there's rules in this fellowship? Look at him. He doesn't, he doesn't even know how to match his clothes. He needs to learn what it is to be a disciple. Don't invite him over to your house. Don't you know he's pastor's favorite? That's why he gets away with everything. And we see what Joseph went through. His brothers ended up selling him to the Ishmaelites, who then sold him to Potiphar. Genesis 39, 1 and 2. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the land, in the house of the Egyptian master. So we see that Joseph begins to work in the house of Potiphar, and the Bible says his house was blessed because of Joseph. We know that if we keep our eyes on the calling and what God has promised, no matter what God is always in control, and he's taking care of us. See, we don't see anywhere that Joseph was mad or bitter at his brothers. Sure, he was sad. He was in a place he didn't know, away from his family. His brothers had betrayed him. And maybe you're in here in this place tonight, and things feel strange. You don't know if you're in the will of God or not. And you say, what, is, what God is asking from me is too much. Look at everything I'm going through. Is it even worth it? Why keep going? I should just settle here. I'm good here. See, keep your heart and your faith in the right place, and you'll see how God will begin to move. We see later on that Joseph was handsome and of good appearance, and because of it, Potiphar's wife, she tries to lure him. She tries to seduce him, but he holds on to his integrity, and he runs away. But then we see that he still ends up in prison. What would you say right here at this very moment? God, what is going on? Why am I here? I serve and I serve and I serve. And it feels like things just get worse. See, Joseph could have got bitter. He could have developed an attitude against God, against people. But we see that being in prison, Joseph begins to talk to the baker and the cupbearer. And they begin to share the dreams with him. Right here, he could have said, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about this. I don't care what your dreams are. Don't you know that this is what got me here to begin with? But he didn't do that. So he begins to interpret the dreams. He begins to practice 
once again that which God had given him. Why? Because he wasn't only focusing on what was going on right then and there. But he was focusing on what God wanted to do down the road. That's why he said, remember me. When you get out, don't forget me. God still has a plan for me. I don't care how long I have to wait. I don't care what I go through. God has a plan. God has a purpose for my life. Don't forget me. What has God called you to do tonight? Maybe you're going through a tough time in your relationship with God. But that doesn't mean you're going to give up and stop pursuing the will of God for your life. See, the problem is that many times in the middle of trials, in the middle of discouragement, we forget about the calling of God. The dreams, everything we once hoped to do for God. Joseph, we see that he kept his mind focused and his eyes on what God wanted to do. And we see that he became in charge of Egypt. Genesis 41, 37 to 42. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked him, can we find anyone like this man? One whom is a, is a spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. <clears throat> so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his, his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. When we obey and we stay focused in the things of God, we arrive to the blessing of God. We arrive to the place where God has called us. God will begin to open doors. He will begin to give us favor. Just like with Joseph, after remaining faithful to God, God opened doors with Potiphar and then with Pharaoh. But is God still able to orchestrate your life tonight? Are you doing the will of God? <coughs> Excuse me. I have an illustration that I want to share with you. Uh, Ravi Zachariah, a Canadian-American evangelist, went to visit a place that is known for making the best wedding saris in gold, with silver threads and all kinds of other beautiful colors. And because of the great detailed work that was seen, he expected to see some elaborate system of machines working to make all these saris come together. But he said the image that he saw could not, could not be further from the truth. What he saw was a father and son team, the father sitting on a platform above the son surrounded by spools of thread. The father would then get the design and begin to get all those strings together and get everything ready to begin. And as the father was working, the son was sitting underneath him, waiting for the father's order or a nod from his father. And at that point, the son would then slide the shuttle. And after hundreds of hours, the design would then come together. And the son would finally be able to see what the father was creating the entire time. See, that's not just true of them, but it's true of you and I. How many know we can be sitting in this place tonight and God our Father is getting all the pieces of our lives together. We go through things, we don't know what's going on, but meanwhile God is lining up the threads of destiny. He's creating and designing the pattern for your future. 
But at the nod of the Father, we are expected to move. Otherwise, you will never see the design of God is trying to build in your life. I want to speak secondly about comfort in slaves. We see that Joseph has finally arrived to his place of destiny. He arrived at the place that God had called him to, like many of us in this place. Maybe you've already gone out in the past, and now you're back. Maybe you've gotten involved in some type of ministry, but you've gotten to a place where you're refusing to do more. Maybe God has blessed, with a, has blessed you with a good job, an amazing pay, a house, nice cars. You're not stranded everywhere you go anymore. <laughs> you're not having to fast and pray, hoping you, the next time you try to start your car that it would actually start. Maybe you have your own company now. And now you're in a place of comfort. We see Pharaoh told Joseph, bring your dad, your brothers, the women, the children, bring everything. And give them the best of Egypt. We see that this was God's blessing for Joseph. Genesis 47, 5 and 6. Pharaoh said to Joseph, your father and your brothers have come to you and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best part of the land. Let them live in Goshen. And if you know of any, of them, of any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. In Genesis 50, 24, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Exodus 1, 5-8, the descendants of, of Jacob number 70 in all. Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with, with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Exodus 1, 13 and 14, And worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar. And with all kinds of work in the fields, in all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. See, one of the biggest mistakes was that the children of Israel became comfortable. The problem wasn't that they were blessed by God. The problem was that they created a comfortable life out of the best land, lands of Egypt. A land that, that God had not promised them. See, God had called them out to another land. God's plan is to bless us, yes. But we begin to trust more in the blessing rather than the one who blesses. And the voice of the blessing becomes louder than the voice of God. See, this didn't affect Joseph, but it affected the children of Israel, the next generation. Slavery fell on them because of the first generation. We can talk about Abraham when God called him into Egypt, but he left it when it was time. Isaac also dwelt in, the, in a land that wasn't for him, but he left. Jacob did the same thing. And each one passed the blessing to the next generation. Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, Jacob to Joseph. But we see that Joseph died in the blessing. See, we don't ever read that Joseph moved out of Egypt until after he died. Can God pull you out of your comfort zone once again? 
It's possible for God to open doors for us, to bless us, to give us favor. But if we don't learn to hear from God and move when he says to move, Satan and hell can use the very same blessing, the very same open door to enslave you and I. Not only us, but those after us. That's why many times we get stuck. We feel like it's the, it's the church. I'm just not growing there. No one uses me. No one pays attention to me. I'm just wasting my time. I'm wasting, I'm wasting my life. But we put ourselves there. God challenges. He encourages. He wants us to move. But because we're so comfortable, we no longer have that faith we once had to obey the voice of God and move into new spiritual dimensions. We refuse to risk on the next move. We see that God tells Abraham to get out of the land and go to the land that he is calling him, the land of Canaan. He walks as far as, oh man, that's a tough name, Shechem. Then he, he went east of, of the hills of, of Bethel. And then he continued out, out of the Negev. And God gave him a promise that all the land he walked as far as he could, as far as he could see, would be for him. And his, and his descendants... But when there was a famine, we see that Abraham quickly ran to Egypt. Why? Because that's where the comfort was. Instead of waiting on God, on God's blessing, the same thing when Isaac was in the land of the Philistines, and, and God blessed them, blessed them so much, he began to have issues. Just before he made a move, God warned him and told him not to run to Egypt. Why did he warn, why did he warn him? Because God knows the heart and the intentions of our hearts. And he knew he was going to do the same thing his father did, which was run to Egypt. Run to the comfort. See, God promised that land, and that means he would have also blessed him in that very land. No matter how bad things get. I'm sorry, no matter how bad things got. But he saw it easier to just run to Egypt. And trust in the comfort than to trust God. See, the next generation could be affected when we trade the will of God for comfort. We can talk about Lot and his wife. See, they both knew about God. But they chose the plain of the Jordan. They chose the best land. And we see later on that they ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah. We all know the story, but the place was wicked and, and God destroyed it. But just before he did that, the angels told Abraham to go into the mountains. Balat said, no, don't send me to the mountains. He was afraid to go into the unknown. He was afraid of what might happen in the mountains. So he begged to go to Zor. Because Zor was part of the plain of the Jordan and it was also going to be destroyed. But it was the closest thing to comfort that he had. And we see that the angels granted it. Can I say something tonight? God may give you permission, but it doesn't mean that's his, his will for your life. Then we see they went to Zor, and they arrived. Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt when she looked back towards Sodom. The Bible says that we are all the salt of the earth. And if we lose our salt in it, salt in it, it is then no longer good but to be thrown out and trampled by men. 
And so I began to think about this. I began to think about Lot's wife. Why salt? And why a pillar? Why did she become this? But I believe that she was a warning for us. That even though we can be powerful Christians for God, we can also become Christians who are no longer effective for God and can no longer be moved. What if he would have listened and gone into the mountains? We see throughout the Bible that the mountains have been, the refu- uh, have been refuge for God's people. <clears throat> what if God had destiny for Lot? What if that would have been the start for Lot's relationship with God? Is it possible that he would have had an encounter with God on the other side of the mountain? Maybe that's you tonight. And God is calling you to the mountain. He's calling you to the unknown. Come on, let's go. I have a plan for you. Don't be afraid. I have purpose for your life. Trust me, Lot. Have faith in me. Follow me. There's destiny for you here. Won't you trust me with your life? I have set aside this land for you, your own blessing, your own descendants. Can you trust me? Can you trust him tonight? Later we see that Lot decided to take his, daughter out, his daughters out of Zor. And they head to the mountains where God had initially called them out to. But we see that it was too late. Destiny was gone and we see what his daughters did with him. And his descendants became God's enemies. What are you leaving behind to the next generation? What examples are you leaving and how on how to follow God? What are you teaching your children? Or maybe your spiritual children? People you've brought to church, people you've personally witnessed to, people that you're now bringing, people that you are personally investing in? What are you teaching them? See, bringing our children to church is not enough. For them to go to children's church is not enough. Although it is important, like I was mentioning in the beginning, because they learn. But we are their example. The parents. We have to teach them to pray, to be on time for church. We, why we do what we do in this fellowship. Why we fast. Why we read the Bible. Why we witness why we get involved in ministry, why we send out couples. See, we need to take the challenge and instruct the next generation on how to follow God. Not just talking about it, but still doing what we did when we first got saved. Speak about destiny, about your your testimony. What God has pulled you out of, your own family, Speak about God's blessing. About how God has shown himself real to you time and time again. And when one day your kids ask you, why do we do all of this? You'll say, because one day we were broken. We were messed up. Our marriage was falling apart. Our finances were messed up. We were lost in our sin, but God showed up and restored our lives, our minds. He restored our marriage. 
He blessed us and now we're living in destiny. We're living in the will of God. And one day, you will carry this blessing to your kids. Psalm 78, 4 to 7. We will not hide from them, their descendants. We will tell them, them the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would, would tell their, their children, then they would pull their, put their trust in God and would forget his deeds, and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 7. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Proverbs 22, 6, start, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. See, we cannot forget what God has done in the past for us. But we also have to have new chapters in our lives where our children can continue to see the example. Don't think that by simply bringing your children to church that they will automatically have a desire for God. We have to instruct them and teach them in the ways of God. I finish with this. During this Prescott conference, not sure how many of you made it up, uh, but me and my wife were able to be there the whole week, which was actually our first time being in a Prescott conference the entire week. And during this Prescott conference, there was a class uh, Tuesday in between the services, and three pastors gave a, 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 a little class. It was Pastor Richard Ruby, uh, Pastor um, Sergey, and uh, Pastor Pocky Raj. And he made a very interesting comment, Pastor Ru Richard Ruby did. <coughs> he said, this fellowship started 50 years ago, and God has used it powerfully all over the world. And he said, the teens and young adults that got saved 50 years ago are now in their 60s, 70s, or older. And if this fellowship, this vision, this great move of God is going to continue, we have to teach the next generation. And pray that a new generation will rise up and take the challenge and do what God has been doing for the last 50 years. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed. Tonight, maybe you're in here. Hello, Sermon Podcast listeners. Pastor Adam here. I've got Dave on the line. Hello. Say hello, Mr. Dave. Hello, everybody. <laughs> we wanted to interrupt your sermon uh, listening at the moment just to share with you a few big updates uh, as we are making this podcast hopefully more valuable to you as a listener. And as you know, over the last couple of weeks, we have been uh, adding subscription to our podcast offering. And so our free our free podcast still remains uh, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, and by the way, we've added in a Sunday episode as well. So four sermons a week. That is our plan to keep it going, uh, going forward. And in addition to that, we have 
uh, three other sermons, a Tuesday, a Thursday, and a Saturday that are now protected behind a, a, a paywall. And those are part of our new premium feed. The other big feature that you're getting as the premium uh, podcast is they are ad free and interruption free. They also are released about six hours earlier than all the rest. So we know that doesn't make a big difference for most of you in, in North America, but maybe for uh, our international audience, that might be something helpful. So, so we wanted to share with you why we are doing this once again, and I'm going to let Dave tell you why we are making this sermon podcast with a premium subscription uh, versus what we were doing before. Right. Well, uh, the, the reason is we want to uh, be a blessing to world evangelism. We send a, um, an, a, a world evangelism pledge into our mother church in Chandler, Arizona, uh, every month. And uh, we want to, uh, we want to be even more of a blessing than we already are. And you can help us with that. And the way we're going to do that is we are not going to keep one dime of anything that comes in from, from, uh, uh, from either ads or from, uh, if you're a premium subscriber from, from your, uh, subscription, from the money you pay in your subscription, we're not going to keep any of this. It's all going to go toward world evangelism. So that's why we're doing this. We just, we want to, uh, we, we want to, give as much as we possibly can and do everything we can to raise as much as possible for the cause of world evangelism. Yeah. We want to make pastor Campbell happy is yes, what that's we're what really it. trying to do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we, we view the podcast as kind of a, a ship with a sail, you know? And so, so far we haven't put up the sail to see how far she can go. So that's what we're doing these last few weeks is we have some new uh, tools that we have discovered to, in order to, um, to raise these funds and specifically for the, for the purpose of world evangelism. So we think that that is something that would be compelling to you as a listener. And that's why we are doing this. And so we realize that not everybody is going to become a premium subscriber. That's okay. Uh, but if we could yes. get um, maybe 10% of our listeners, that would be a significant amount of money. And so um, we wanted to share the update, first of all, that we already do have some premium subscribers. We have a couple on Apple Podcasts, and we also have a couple through our other platform, which is called Supercast. And uh, uh, so as a result, we are now raising approximately $16 per month. That's in addition to our advertising on the free podcast platform. So that is, uh, that's not nothing, you know, we're uh, yes. in just a couple of weeks um, to already be getting $16 per month. We are very, very happy with that. And um, we think Absolutely. That, that you will also be blessed by that. So what we wanted to do in this short time that we have together, uh, I wanted, uh, I wanted to twist Dave's arm into doing <laughs> a, a live subscription to the premium podcast while we're listening, just so that you can get an idea how it goes and how easy it is. So I'll tell you that for the for the people who are using Apple phones, it's going to be almost too easy to describe. <laughs> it's going to be actually harder for me to get out the words than it is for you to hit the subscribe button. I, I, I did that on my phone. And before I knew it, I was already signed up for the free three day trial and um, being charged for for, you know, for the premium subscription. So we think those of you who are using the Apple podcast app, it's going to be pretty obvious 
uh, because it's going to be popping up on your screen, a big subscribe button. So if you have any issues with that, you can let us know. But I think that's going to be super easy. But what I would love for you to do, Dave, Mm -hmm. is to go to your uh, podcast app that you're using and uh, on an Android phone, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And I would love for you to talk our audience through what you're seeing as you are uh, subscribing to the premium feed through our other platform, which is called Supercast. So let's hear it, man. Okay. So I've pulled up my podcast app, which I'm using Google Podcast. Um, I've pulled up the um, VBPH Sermon Podcast feed. And this is going to be similar no matter which app you're listening from, whether Spotify or Overcast, or there's there's a hundred of them out there. But as long as you can still see our show notes and click on that link, everything from here will be very similar to what Dave is describing. Right. So I'm going to click on uh, the most recent episode that's in the uh, in in this uh, free feed, uh, which is uh, posted 17 hours ago, filled with the spirit and not nice by Pastor Adam Dragoon. All right. And what I see is subscribe to the new daily premium ad free sermon podcast for only three dollars per month. And wouldn't you know, there is a link right here in the show notes vbph-sermons.supercast.tech. So All right. Gonna, what happens when you tap on that link? I tap on that link and it takes me to that very website. And so here we are, sermons.supercast.tech. Become a premium subscriber today. All proceeds benefit world evangelism. And awesome. now I, and now I have a choice. Okay, what is the choice that you see presented before your very eyes? (laughs) Actually, there's two choices. I can do a monthly or a yearly subscription. If I choose monthly, there's there's two uh, options. $3 per month, which says free seven-day trial, cancel any time, start your free trial if I tap that button. Or the monthly plus, which is $10 a month and also a free seven-day trial. Um, and it says all the benefits of the premium subscription, but triple the impact on world evangelism. Hey, there you go. So, um, if I switch over to yearly, there is a $29 a year option or a $99 a year option. Uh, so, um, I'm going to probably what going to, I'm going to do what most listeners are probably going to do. I'm going to Okay. Start, what's that going to be? I'm going to start at the very lowest okay okay uh, which is the three dollar per month i'm gonna i'm gonna tap start your free trial and it says sign up for monthly three dollars per month free seven day trial cancel anytime and i agree to the supercast terms of use and privacy policy and i click uh google pay and oh wow it's got google pay in there it's got google pay and by the way if you're doing this on an apple phone it's going to have apple pay on there as well right and enter my PayPal information through Google mm-hmm. Pay. And, and what was your password, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Well, ask Google. They've got them all. No. And, uh, and what was your social security number? Right, right. Over there? <laughs> okay. Let's see. Huh. Your Supercast account has been created. Hot we've dog. Sent, now we've, what sent, we we've sent you an email. And so I go to that email. And wouldn't you know, you have subscribed. 
And, I, and so I open up that email. It says uh, connect in three simple steps. One, open this email on the device. Uh, for most people, that's their phone. Uh, click the preferred podcast player icon and click subscribe and you're all done. So I'm going to go to my Google podcast, uh, which it provides me one of the links and subs- and then Google podcasts opens and it says subscribe to a podcast by RSS feed. And it gives me the option to cancel or subscribe. And so I'm going to click subscribe and boom, I'm in the VBPH sermon podcast, uh, premium feed. Sweet. So I think that took less than five minutes and it probably mm-hmm. would have been a lot quicker if you weren't talking about it while you were doing it. Right? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. Just, it, they make it pretty painless. And so if you jump through that little hoop, um, then you'll be getting uh, all seven sermons per week. And uh, I just want to give you guys uh, a big shout out for for sticking with us through this. And if, if you become a subscriber, man, that uh, it's you know, we understand like three bucks a month when it really comes down to it is, is not a whole lot of money. But when we have a, a big group of people that do that, it can really make a huge impact. Our goal starting out here is a hundred bucks a month. And we're already about 15%. Well, with Dave's yeah. subscription, we're now close to 20% of that goal. Yes. And so uh, we think that, you know, a hundred bucks a month is, is not nothing. That's uh, that's going to be a blessing to uh, a missionary somewhere. And uh, mm-hmm. we want to, we, we think that, that you'd be excited about doing that. And by the way, uh, this week in the premium feed, uh, we posted a sermon by pastor Mark Olson from, I believe the year was 2008. And uh, it was, no, no, no. It was before that. I think it was 2003, but mm-hmm. it was a fireball. It was a Thursday night message from a Prescott conference on world evangelism Thursday. And man, I found myself weeping some tears and being touched by God uh, through that sermon on Thursday. So I'm just telling you that, you know, uh, when you get those premium feeds, you're getting you're getting double the chance that God is going to help you and speak to you through these messages. So, Dave, I'm glad that you you are now a subscriber. Yes. Yep. (laughs) So, well, that's all we want to leave you with, guys. We want to thank you for sticking with us while we kind of uh, explain this. And we we hope that. that you find it a blessing too. Uh, even if you don't become a premium subscriber, we still really appreciate you continuing to listen. Uh, we're not going to continue bugging you every every week about this, but we just want to make sure that you are aware how easy it is to become a subscriber if that's something you want to do. And we do appreciate uh, all of you who do that. It's, it's pretty awesome to be a part of that. Absolutely. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening to sermons. And thanks for those of you who are becoming subscribers. And thank you for those who are not. Uh, We appreciate you continuing to keep us in your podcast feed on a daily basis. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.